For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bible with me to John chapter 9, the Gospel of John in chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 12, and we're jumping into the story here of where Jesus heals the man that was born blind, the blind beggar. Jesus healed him by spitting on the ground and making a spittle of clay and rubbing it into his eyes and then having the man go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now that goes against every human nature or any respectful person would not, you would not walk up to a blind man and spit on the ground and make some mud and rub it in his eyes. But you are not God in the flesh. You're not going to heal the man. You see, Jesus, I believe, did things that goes totally against our nature that we can understand why, because then you will know the true power of God, the true power of him, his healing power. Amen. So we're going to start in the gospel of John, John chapter nine and verse 12. And this is just after the blind man had been healed. Verse 12 says, then said they unto him, where is he? And this is the people talking to him. Where is he? And he said, I know not. The blind man didn't know where he was at, at right at that second. But you know what? He created, He, whenever you witness concerning Lord Jesus Christ, whenever you say something about him, whether they show it or not, it creates curiosity in people's hearts. And that's what he had done here. So whenever you go about and you talk about Jesus or what Jesus has done in your life, hey, people are going to be naturally inquisitive and, and want to know, hey, what did he do? Is it true? Is it real? Is Jesus real? Is the work that he did in your life real? And so whenever you speak of Jesus, you create a desire in people. They may not admit it. They may not even come right and ask you. But I promise you, deep down inside, the curiosity is churning in them as it was in these people. And they said, where is he? Where is he at? Verse 13 they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And so the these people that noticed that, hey, this man's been blind all his life, and now all of a sudden somebody named Jesus heals him. And so the people brought him to the religious leaders of that day known as the Pharisees. And they brought him for aforetime was blind. And so in their earnest enthusiasm, you know, over the miracle, these people 
took this man to the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, who did not like Jesus. And they probably, these people probably didn't realize how the religious leaders would resent the fact that this man had been healed. I believe they were taking him to him saying, wow, won't you look at this? This man was born blind and now he has perfect eyesight. And But yet the religious leaders hated that fact that he had been healed. See, they were more worried about he was healed on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath day. Day. And so I don't believe the people that took him to the religious leaders realized how unbelievable these Pharisees would act. You know when somebody does something good, I mean super good, and you see somebody just scowl at it and go, that's pretty much what the Pharisees were doing here. Looking down, I can't believe this happened. Why did this happen? Who healed this blind man? Who would have such nerve, basically, is what they were doing. And verse 14 says, And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. You see, Jesus had performed this miracle on the Sabbath. And there was a rule. The religious leaders had a rule that no one is to work on the Sabbath. So these critical Pharisees did not realize that God had never intended the Sabbath to prevent an act of mercy or kindness. I believe Jesus did it on purpose. Jesus didn't do anything by accident. No, sir, no, ma'am. Jesus did everything and said every word on purpose. And I believe he healed this man on purpose on the Sabbath day to show the people that, hey, yeah, there may not be no work. But I intended it for good things. You know what the Bible says about salvation? Today is the day of salvation. You don't have to wait for tomorrow to be healed. You don't have to wait for tomorrow to receive your spiritual sight. Because you see, before you're saved, you're, you're, the Bible says that you are blind. You are blinded by Satan and the devil and the demons. He's got the wool pulled over your eyes. You cannot see the truth. The Bible says that you are blind, but once you're born again, once you repent of your sins and you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you've received sight. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you. And it doesn't matter if it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. You can do that any day. Amen. It does not matter. The day does not matter. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I believe Jesus Jesus was showing them just a, a glimpse of that here that, hey, the Sabbath isn't intended for you just not to be plowing the fields and don't pluck your beard and don't pull a hair on the Sabbath day. No, that you can do some good and wonderful and mighty works on the Sabbath day. You see, they were worried about Jesus working, but Jesus wasn't just working. Jesus was healing, amen, the physical and the spiritual back then. But today, Jesus is not looking to just heal your arm or heal your eyes or heal your cancer. But you know what he wants to do? He wants to heal your soul. You see, Jesus didn't come to give you a big house. Jesus didn't come to give you perfect health. Jesus didn't come to give you a pretty wife or a good-looking husband. No, Jesus 
came to save you from the penalty of sin, which is a place called hell. And he did that and he defeated that on the cross. Amen. You see, the Bible says that when he died, he ascended into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And that's the true and real reason why Jesus came. Because even if he heals you from your cancer, you're still going to get old and die. But listen, when your soul's healed, the Bible says once you're saved, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. That means that nobody, not even you yourself, can lose your salvation. The Bible says that no man can pluck them out of my Father's hands. Amen. And so not even you yourself can take yourself out of God's hands. Amen. Thank the Lord that his promise is based on his word and not our word. Amen. And so going on here, verse 15 tells us, Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed and do see. The man simply stated the simple things that happened, just like salvation is simple. Amen. The man had another opportunity to witness for Jesus, to say what Jesus had done for him. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. He put some put some mud in my eyes and he told me to go wash and that's what I did and now I see and so when the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight they heard that great story once again the man did not mention the name of Jesus here probably not because he was afraid to do so but because he realized that everyone knew what a mighty work that he had done. The Lord Jesus was well on his way, was well known in that area, in the area of Jerusalem, right there. Everybody knew who Jesus was. Believe me, the fame was growing abroad everywhere. His name was being talked about everywhere because, listen, not every day that a blind man that's been laid up all his life gets healed or a lame man that's been laid on a bed all his life stands up and walk. And I promise you, the name of Jesus was going around everywhere. Verse 16, Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God. Now remember, the Pharisees are speaking. They're the religious leaders. Verse 16, Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. Amen. And that's normal wherever Jesus is at. Even today, when Jesus is speaking about it, it can cause a big division with people. And so here now another division arose about Jesus. Some of the Pharisees announced boldly that Jesus could not be a godly man because he broke the Sabbath. But how foolish they were. They were blind. The devil had the wool pulled over their eyes and they could not see the truth. Amen. Or they did not want to see the truth as many don't today when you witness to them and you tell them about Jesus. Oh no, I'm a good person. Oh no, I've never killed anybody. Oh no, I'm. but the Bible says that God cares about the heart. You do most of your sinning in your mind, in your heart, and that's what God cares about. Amen. The Bible says we are all sinners, all of us, each and every one. And so other of these people were talking about others reason that 
a sinful man could not perform such a miracle. But Jesus was not a sinful man. Jesus never sinned. But it goes much deeper than that. Jesus never sinned because Jesus was not a sinner. It was not in him. Remember, he was not born of man. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He did not have the sin nature in him. Now, the Bible says that he was tempted at all points as me and you are. He was tempted of everything that you'll, anything that you will ever go through. The Bible Bible says that he was tempted about all points. Amen. But he did not sin because he is not a sinner. It is not in him. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He is perfect, righteous, and holy. He is God in the flesh. So Jesus often caused division among people. People were forced to take sides and be there for him or against him. Now, wait a minute. I thought God is love. God is love. God just loves everybody. And Jesus was just this willy weak wimp that would never say nothing to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, ma'am or sir, you do not know the Jesus of the Bible because Jesus said some hard things. Jesus was one of the most fiery or the most fiery preacher in the Bible. Do you know that Jesus preached a whole lot more about hell than he did about heaven? And he would call people out, oh, you sinners and you snakes and you vipers. So Jesus was not this weak, willy wimp guy that people think that he was. No, sir, no, ma'am. And he didn't come to bring just peace. As a matter of fact, as you read Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34, this is what it says. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Hey, the Bible says, Jesus said, hey, don't think that I came bring to bring priests. I came to bring a sword to set a, a, a family at, against each other. Not that he's doing that out of meanness, but listen, when you truly get saved and you truly start serving God and you're all in, man, people are going to say, you're crazy. You're giving that much. You're doing all that. You're going there. You're doing what? You're, you're standing on the corner preaching. You're passing out tracks. You're, you're going door to door. Are you crazy? You're going, that's way too much. What is they doing? It's putting a sword between you and your family. And it goes on to say, that last verse in Matthew chapter 10 verse 39 he that findeth his life shall lose it what is he talking about he's talking about when you find your life like this is what I want to be this is what I want to do I want to go fishing every weekend I want to go hunting every weekend I want to climb the corporate ladder to go as high as I possibly can to have a house so big that I'll never need nothing to have so much money that I can't never spend it all hey the Bible says that you're going to lose your life you think that's going to bring happiness you think that's going to bring fulfillment but the Bible says it does 
doesn't. It is empty. It is foolishness. But listen, when you set that aside and you pick up the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says when you lose your own life, when you put down your own will, when you put down your own desires, hey, and you pick up God's will and God's desires and you start working for him, the Bible says that's when you will find your life. That will bring true fulfillment and true happiness, hey, and true joy. Amen. The Bible says when you lose your own life, then you shall find it. And that goes against everything that the world believes because the world says it's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I can have. I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. Do you know what the richest man on the planet wants? He wants more. When will it be enough? It will never be enough. Amen. But listen, when you work for the Lord Jesus Christ and you realize that those dollar signs and those fancy cars and those big homes are not as important as you think they are, but the work that you do for the Lord Jesus Christ will last through all eternity. The donations that you give to a man that's preaching or a family that's a missionary or the local church. Amen. Hey, those are the things when you witness for Christ, when you have a good testimony, when you raise your family for the Lord, when you lead your family right. Those are the things that will last through all eternity. Amen. Those big nice house cars, that big bank account, you're not going to take one dime with you. Naked you come into the world, naked ye shall leave. Only the work of the Lord Jesus Christ will last through eternity. And even that will be be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, whether you did it for yourself or whether you did it for him. Verse 17, John chapter 9, verse 17, as they're talking to this blind man who was blind, but now he can see, and they brought him to the Pharisees. They said unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The man didn't fully know who he was yet. He didn't know that, that Jesus was God in the flesh, but he was willing to admit, hey, he must be a prophet. He's definitely from God. Amen. There, nobody can do that unless they're sent from God. The Pharisees asked the man who had been born blind what he thought of Jesus. And the man didn't fully realize that, hey, that's God in the flesh. But his faith had grown to the extent where he knew that that man was from God. He believed that the one who had given him sight had been sent by God. And that he had a divine message. Amen. What do you think of Jesus? What do you think of Jesus' message? What do you, where do you think Jesus is from? Amen. Verse 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been born, had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them saying, is this your son? Who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? Many of the Jews were still unwilling to believe that a miracle had been performed. And so they called the parents of the man who had been born blind. They wanted to ask them. They didn't believe him. Now they're talking to the man that had been born blind, and they're not believing him. Well, that's not good enough. We've got we to gotta call his parents and ask them and verify it that way. And so who would know better than the parents if a child had been born without sight and so surely their testimony would be conclusive so the pharisees asked them whether this was their son and also how he received his sight 
Verse 20, John chapter 9, verse 20. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. Verse 21. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. The testimony of his parents was very positive. This is our son, and yes, he was born blind, without a doubt. This was their son, and they knew through the years of heartache, because you know it's hurtful. I mean, let's be honest. If you had a child and they were born blind, you, you would be hurt. You would be hurt at first. It would be sad. So you wouldn't forget that. You certainly wouldn't just be able to just not even worry about it anymore. No, it would be a hurtful thing. And so they knew, but they weren't willing to say how he had been healed. They, they didn't want to go. They didn't want to say the name of Jesus because they knew that these religious leaders were using words to entrap them in a snare to set them up and so they could go after Jesus. So these parents were, were timid. They, they knew something was up. They knew something was going on. And so they did not know how his sight was restored. They said, or the person who had restored it, they directed the Pharisees back to their son that he, he's of age. He can speak for himself. He can say what happened. But they knew he'd been born blind. Were they there when Jesus healed him? I do not know. Were they around? I do not know. Did they hear it? They may have, but they may have not seen it. Verse 22. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. They were scared. They were timid. They did not want to be put out of the synagogue. You see, because confessing that he was the Christ, these Pharisees were looking to hurt somebody. They were looking to put him out of the synagogue. And this excommunication was a very serious matter for any Jew. It was very serious. And they did not want to pay that price. You know what that meant for them? If they were excommunicated from the temple, it would mean the loss of the means of their livelihood, of how they make a living, of how they pay their bills, of how they buy food as well as the loss of the privileges of the Jewish religion. They would have completely shunned them, not allowed, you're X'd out, you're done, don't come around here no more, all because you admitted that the man that healed your son is Jesus, and Jesus is sent by God. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? You know that happens sometimes when a person gets saved, a person truly gets born again, they're truly living for God, man, and they get attacked sometimes. Like, I knew where they were, I knew where they came from, I knew what they did, I knew, I got, I, I'm, it's my job to pay them back because God said you reap what you sow. Can I just say you have the wrong spirit and do you really think God is pleased with that? Do you really think God was pleased with these Pharisees who were looking to hurt somebody or destroy somebody all because they would admit the man's name was Jesus who healed their son? Don't you know they loved their son like you love your child? Don't you know they cared for that boy just like you care for yours? 
neighbors, and I'm sure they were ecstatic inside, jumping up and down. Praise God, our boy who had been born blind could now see perfectly, all because of this man named Jesus. Amen. But they didn't want to pay that price of being kicked out of the synagogue. It was for the fear of the Jewish Jewish rulers. Therefore, the parents shifted the testimony back to their son. Ask him. He'll tell you. We don't, we don't want to say another words. Verse 24. John chapter 9, verse 24. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. They turned back to the man and they said, hey, don't give him no praise. Don't give him no credit. He didn't do nothing. God did it because that man is a sinner. Can I just say they were dead wrong? Can I just say, if you do not decide that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is God in the flesh, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, it will cost you eternity and a place called hell, according to the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And you say that's awful harsh. Listen, I'm telling you out of love, out of my heart, that that is the truth. Because I want to see you in heaven. I do not want to see not one single person cast into hell. But it is a personal choice. Just like these Pharisees. They got a, they had a personal choice. They could have looked and said, hey, there's that, that man has got to be sent from God. That man... But the truth is that Jesus threatened their power because the people no longer had to go to them, to the religious leaders, the Pharisees, to get to God. All they had to do was cry out to the name of Jesus. Can I just say you can get to God? You don't need to go to no priest, no saint, no body, no religious leaders. You can get down on your knees and cry out to Jesus. There is two things you have to do to get to heaven. One, realize you're a sinner and you need a savior. Repent of your sins. That's asking God for forgiveness. Get on your knees and ask forgiveness and ask Jesus, the Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save me. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. 
1-800-273-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.